Welcome to the Lift Church podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you to live up to your God-given potential. Thank you, Andre. You're awesome. We love having you up here. It's so good. Cool. So we do want to say thank you to those of you who did come out um, last Saturday and join us for the pop-up carnival. We were really, really stoked at, yeah, the turnout. We had probably about close to 300 people, wasn't it, um, that came to Reed Park over that hour and a half um, to be a part of the carnival. So it was awesome. We really got to chat with our community and and hang out and have a lot of fun. Um, So just to update you, we have that goal of a thousand community hours. for this whole year. That was our goal that we set. We are tracking along all right, if I'm honest. It's all right. We're at 392 hours that we've clocked up all together. So that's awesome. Um, but we do have a lot more, um, a lot more, a few more opportunities coming up um, if you would like to be a part of our community work. So we do have levers coming up end of November. We're so pumped about it. It's going to be awesome. It's just like a week of, of cleaning up vomit, getting... <laughs> making sure kids return home safely. It's going to be awesome, hey. Um, So can't wait. Oh, I have this feeling that I'm going to be one of those, like, compassionate vomiters, you know what I mean? Like, you see it and then you're like, oh, oh. (sighs) i got to, like, get some prayer before we go, I think. Just to, just so I come back and I'm more sweet. Um, so we've got that going on. And then this coming Friday, actually, we're going to be back at Curtin University. I'm, I'm just so loving what we're seeing in Curtin University. We get to go in. It's been probably almost every month to maybe two months we've been able to be there on campus. And we go under the banner of Red Frogs, which is also what we're doing for Leavers. Um, and we've just been able to hang out with students. We've been able to have conversations, ask how they're doing doing, especially around exam time, um, those conversations can be really crucial for them. And so um, on Friday, if you are free between 11 and 2, I think it is, and you'd like to join us, just come and have a chat. Um, I'll be in the foyer after the experience. And yeah, would love for you to join us and come for that. Um, You know, when we set up uh, Lift Church, and you've probably heard me use this mantra a little bit because I absolutely love it, but our mantra is we want to be the church that our community can't do without. How many of you amen that? Yep. We want to be that church that this community cannot do without. And what I'm loving about this series that we're in at the moment called Uncomfortable is that it's really getting us ready to be that church that our community can't do without. Because how many of you know living your Christianity here within the walls of the church, that's easy, right? But it takes being comfortable with discomfort, with being uncomfortable, that we can actually achieve being that church that our community can't do without. And so who's, who's been enjoying the series? Well, enjoying, let me pitch that a little bit differently. Let me ask, how many of you have actually been uncomfortable in this uncomfortable series? Yes? Good. I love that. Andre's like straight up, yes, uncomfortable. You know, as much as Pastor Nate and I are like, um, I guess we think about this series and we, we're preempting it, I guess, we too have been really challenged about what's God God's been putting on our heart. And so we're right there with you. We're right there wiggling in our chairs sometimes um, with you and getting uncomfortable. And this morning, um, I wanted to talk to us, share my thoughts around evangelism, because evangelism goes hand in hand with living our Christianity out amongst our community. Amen. 
So that's what we're going to be focusing on this morning. So who's ready for the Word of God? Who's ready? Awesome. Why don't we just take a moment and pray? Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are here with us this morning and we just open up our heart, we open up our ears to hear what you want to speak to us about this morning, God. And we ask that you have your way in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So recently I was, I think I was listening to a podcast and um, the person speaking was talking about a couple of the things or the thing that Christians find most uncomfortable. And those two things were evangelism as well as finance. Um, And so as I was hearing this, yeah, I was thinking, okay, that's good that we're speaking on evangelism this morning. Um, But I was having a think about it. And throughout my Christian journey and throughout my time as a pastor, I've come to realize that the reason why, or the most popular reason why people um, are uncomfortable with evangelism is because we just think that there's a certain type of person that requires, it requires. And and if you're not that type of person or fit that kind of bill, then you're not going to be very good at it. I'm seeing a few heads nodding and yep, yep. And so... I've definitely been there myself, just really feeling like I'm not that type of person. I love those stories that you hear, and and as much as they're really encouraging, sometimes they're a bit discouraging. So you hear those stories about how, you know, a person just goes to do their grocery shopping. We do ours on a Monday. They're there doing their grocery shopping, and, and they are pulling into the checkout, and they get a word for the person in front of them at the checkout. And then they speak to the person, and they're all like, you know, thus saith the Lord. This is what God wants to speak to you. And they're like, oh my gosh, that's so what I needed to hear. And then tears start streaming down their faith face, and then the person prays for them, and they get healed of whatever it is they needed healing from. And then the cashier is slain in the spirit. And then, and then the whole line is just breaking out and revival is happening. It's incredible. And, and I hear these stories and I'm like, God, oh, that, that never happens to me. How many of you, like, that never happens to me. And I would love that. I would love to just be that person that's like, hey, buddy, God loves you. And they're like, you know, slaying the Spirit. Holy Spirit comes and fills them and they're baptized and it's awesome. But it just doesn't happen to me. It hasn't happened really much. And then you hear of of amazing speakers and great preachers like Reinhard Bonnke and, and Billy Graham and and. What they do, their lifestyle is is going and running crusades and, and speaking to millions of people and, and they're seeing so many salvations and people get saved. And, and I mean, I would love to do that as a lifestyle, but that's just not where I'm at right now. Um, and so you hear stories like that. You know, it was really funny. Um, I was actually in a little bit of a situation where I was like, God, this would be awesome as a lifestyle, but it's just not where I'm at right now. Um, a leader of mine, actually, it was um, Pastor Nate's sister, so my sister-in-law. Um, she was my one of my first youth pastors and really the first leader that took me under her wing. Has nothing to do with me and Nate being married today, I don't think. <laughs> um, but um, So she, she, one day, we were catching up and she was like, hey, there's this thing that I've been learning about. It's kind of this style of evangelism called treasure hunting. How many have heard about treasure hunting a little bit. It's probably this thing that maybe for the last 10 years or so, I'm just pulling that out of anyway, um, it's uh, kind of become a little bit more popular, this form of evangelism, where basically 
you pray, so I was with um, Eudora and we are praying together and what you would ask God for is a picture of the person that um, you're receiving a word for and then obviously you ask for the word and, and kind of ask God, okay, where is this person? Like, how do I actually find them? And so we met up and we did this. We prayed and, and I remember writing down woman with a red shirt or like something she was wearing that was red and we had already, we were meeting at our local shopping center and so we were there in big w and and we kind of got our clues from god this picture and 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 a word for this woman and and so we're like okay cool we're ready we're actually going to try this oh my gosh so we walk into big w and we're just walking around the shop because you've got to act as if you're shopping otherwise it's a bit weird so we're just walking around and then down in the toy aisle i just remember it so vividly in the toy aisle we see this woman and then eudora and i both look at each other and we're like oh this is our woman this is uh, this is the lady like she fits the description and so I was getting really excited but then the other part of me was like oh my gosh that's our woman that's our woman okay we got to work out how we're going to do this we didn't practice this part well what do we do next and so we're just like why don't we just go and introduce ourselves so we're walking walking towards the aisle and then we kind of just turn off and we're like oh I can't do this yet can't do this yet and then we just go find a little place where no one can see us because that'd be weird and we just like psych each other up we're like okay come on we've heard from God we know this is our woman we can do this all right we're just having a little bit of a powwow I'm like yes okay come on who's gonna go first I'll go first all right cool we can do this get our plan together walk back to the aisle and she's there which is awesome it would really suck if she like went somewhere um (laughs) this story wouldn't be any good if she went somewhere um and so she's there and and we're kind of like all right it's now or never so we just walk up to her totally put like pulling everything together and like composing ourselves walk up to her and just introduce ourselves and say hey um we're christians and yeah we're just praying this morning and and we just really believe that god wants you to know that he loves you um and if you'd like prayer for anything we'd love to just pray with you and and she was like at first she was like oh okay that's cool i guess you don't really get that much when you're just shopping in the toy aisle of big w it doesn't really happen often she was like, oh, cool. Um, well, my husband's actually going for an operation tomorrow. Um, could you pray with me for that? And so <laughs> I think we're a bit surprised at how open she was to receiving prayer and, and receiving the word that God loves her. And so it was awesome because we just got to stand there in the aisle of Big W and pray with this woman that we'd just met and pray for God's protection and healing over her husband and and then we kind of just said amen and it was really great to meet you and walked off it was awesome and so we walked off and we were like oh my gosh can't believe we did this I'm on such a high but then as we walked away I was a bit like God that was awesome to experience that but I don't have time for that like every day (laughs) I'm like God, I work and at that point I was studying and I'm like, as much as I would love to spend a couple of hours just like getting a word for absolute randoms and then traveling to that place, finding the person, um, going on this treasure hunt because the person is the treasure, um, as much as I'd love to do that, I just, I'm not like Reinhard Bonnke, I'm not like Billy Graham who, this is their lifestyle, this is how they make a living for it. And I was thinking, God, there's got to be, and e- not an easier way because it's not easy. Evangelism is not easy. Just thought I'd put that out there right now. But just a way where I do evangelism 
in my way, in the way of Beck 4, um, in, in a way that it actually fits in with my life and I'm walking this out day to day. It's not a compartmentalised uh, period of time where I'm like, okay, evangelism time, do it and then switch it off again and get on with my day. I wanted it to be a lifestyle. Um, and so fast forward a few years, um, I had the privilege of being on staff with our previous church, absolutely loved it. Um, but one of the things that I found began to challenge me was that I was getting used to institutionalized evangelism. I was getting used to the church having the responsibility to open up options for me to evangelize, to, to pump that muscle. You see, I got so used to switching on the evangelism muscle when we had that Easter uh, activity or that Christmas event or that program where we went into schools. But I found that as for me and myself, I wasn't actually working out how I was meant to be an evangelist, how I was meant to uh, operate in evangelism. And I love how Pastor Nate set up this series at the very beginning and he was saying how we have to be deliberate at working out our faith. And so it began to challenge me and and. Fast forwarding another few years where I volunteered with this group of women and we go out and minister to other women, I actually really found out how, how bad, not how bad, because I don't think you can be bad at evangelism, but just how ill-equipped I felt, how unempowered I felt and I was when it came to evangelism. And you see, that's why here at Lyft, we don't over-program. We don't run um, activities, you know, every single night of the week because we want all of us to actually be out there living our lives, being evangelists in our patch, in our sphere, and, and not hogging all your time for, for Christian things. I was about to say Christmas things. I'm like, yeah, Christmas is coming soon. Woo! Um, and that's why we're not over-programming um, here at Lift Church, because we actually want to see our community reach. We want to see your friends and family that don't know Jesus come to know Jesus. And so as I'm volunteering with these women, I'm being really challenged to work out what evangelism looks like for me. Um, and I've just been in these situations where I've had to actually give an account for the hope that I have in Christ and, and just the words didn't come, you know. And I don't know if you've been in those situations, you probably have, where it's like, oh, you walk away and you're like, God, if only I had worked this out, that opportunity, that conversation could have been blown wide open and, and who knows what could have happened. And... What we've got to understand is that I do believe that God is sovereign and his grace is so there, but we do need to do our part. There's that working out of faith that we need to do. Um, and so this morning I want to speak with, or just share a few thoughts about um, what I've learned along this journey of evangelism and really wanting to work out what that is for me. Because how many of you know that we're all called to this? It's not whoever feels competent. It's not the Billy Grahams. It's not the Reinhard Bonkies. It's, it's all of us. And so I want to challenge you this morning, first and foremost, to to get that into your heart, that it is you. You are called to be an evangelist, to do the work of an evangelist. It's part of our faith. When we sign up, when we say, Jesus, be my Lord and Saviour, we actually have an obligation then to go and to share our faith with others. So, that cool? Are you ready? Yes? Awesome. All right. 
Matthew chapter 5 verse 13 says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on, the hill, on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in their house. In the same way, let your light, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I love this chapter because I love this chapter, this passage, because God gives us this picture of what evangelism can look like in our life. Um, and I think for most of us, um, we we understand that being the light of the world, the, the world has been darkened by the effects of sin. And so for us who bear the light of Christ within us, we go out into the world and we, we brighten it up. Our light diffuses the darkness. So we kind of have a bit of a grasp on that. But what I want to talk about this morning is about the salt, how we're meant to be the salt of the earth. So let's begin by finding a bit of an answer to that question in verse 13. Let's read it again. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. I don't know about you, but that passage scares me. It scares me because I don't want to become useless to God. I think that would be the worst thing ever. As a Christian, being born again, giving, been given a purpose by God and then becoming useless in that, uh, there wouldn't be any point to living, right? That, that would be, you know... My purpose over. And so that question for me uh, is really important. Can salt actually lose its saltiness? The thing is today we see salt as a very stable compound, right? Scientists will tell you that not, there's nothing that can really alter salt as a compound. But when Jesus was speaking this passage to the listeners, they actually had something else in mind. They could actually think about a mountain where many of the Jews would actually get their salt. They'd think of this mountain, it was called Mount Sodom. I hope I'm saying that right, Mount Sodom. Um, where on this mountain, when it would rain and when the wind would hit it and all the other elements that you get, the salt on the outside of the rock would actually lose its saltiness. So as Jesus is speaking this out, People are saying, yeah, no, I, I know that salt can lose its saltiness. It happens all the time. And what would happen is if any of the Jews, the Jewish people got that kind of salt, they would indeed just throw it out on the paths, on stairs, and use it as a bit of a grip for people so they wouldn't slip as they were walking. That actually happened. And as I was thinking about this, God, we can lose our saltiness. That's, that's really scary. He actually brought to mind the passage in... Matthew 7, I believe it is. Matthew 7, verse 24 to 25. And it says this, Therefore anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Sounds a lot like the elements with the mountain. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. So I was putting 
these two passages together and just like how the salt that was built or connected to the rock of Mount Sodom didn't lose its saltiness, it's just like us when we build our life on the rock, on Jesus Christ and his words, we don't lose our saltiness. That's how we actually remain salty. So you don't have to be a type of person to be a good evangelist. You don't have to be, you know, any of those scenarios that you think you're not. What it all begins with, successful evangelism happens when we build our lives on the rock that is Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I feel qualified now to be an evangelist to actually be good at this, at sharing my faith. Because that's, that's what God's saying. It requires you building your life, first of all, with integrity on the rock that is Jesus Christ. So another cool thing that I found out about salt, I did this massive research project on salt. It's cool. You can ask me anything about salt. I probably won't know everything, but, <laughs> but I know some of these things. It's really cool. Um, another thing I found, so... For us, salt is kind of like this common whatever seasoning, right? We put salt on everything, salt on our chips, on our popcorn, and it makes everything awesome. Actually, I made a beef dish last week with too much salt. Not so amazing. It wasn't good at all. So it doesn't make everything amazing, but just most things. Um, and so for us, it's this really common thing. But what people would use it for... Um, in, in the time of this passage was actually as a preservative, first as a cleanser and a preservative. We know um, when they would do that, it was called kashering, and then it would produce kosher meat. You're familiar with kosher, right? And so through this process, what they would be doing to the meat would be cleansing it and preserving it from rot and decay. That was the main function of it, so that this meat wouldn't rot and it wouldn't decay. And so, as these listeners were listening to Jesus, as the people were listening to Jesus, they were thinking in their minds, he's calling us the salt of the earth. That's pretty significant because in their minds, they're thinking of how this kosher meat is, is preserved from decay and from rot. And so they put two and two together and thought, we're meant to be preserving this earth from rotting and decaying. We're meant to be protecting this earth from sin going rampant and, and we're meant to be this seasoning that spreads out and preserves everything that is of God here on this earth. We're the ones that are meant to be praying and, and being kingdom come on this earth. And so that's what they're thinking about. That's pretty significant, right? If you stop and just allow that to sink in. We are meant to preserve the world from rot and decay. It's amazing. And so where does that start? First of all, if you're a Christian, you know that it starts within us. You know that when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, He first cleanses us from the inside out. He gets rid of our guilt. He gets rid of our shame. He cleanses us from our sin. And then he commissions us and says, go, go into all the world, build disciples, be the salt of the earth. And, you know, as I was thinking about it, the uncomfortable part really hits home now. It's when we've been cleansed from our sin, but we find it hard in the going. You know how I mentioned that evangelism and finance is one of those difficult 
difficult things for us to to release to God. I think it actually talks a lot about the selfishness that we have, that we're so happy to receive the gospel. We're so happy to receive Jesus Christ and his grace and his mercy and his forgiveness. And we're, we're so happy with financial blessing, but we find it really hard to give it again. But the thing is with salt, if it's left in its packet, it's no good. This here... It's ineffective. It's only when I put this throughout a dish that I actually see the effect that salt has. You know, for us as Christians, this church, our lift groups, our Christian groups, our Bible studies, that's the packet of salt that we keep ourselves in. And it's awesome to rub up against other salt. And I totally believe in in community and being planted in the house of God. That's how I flourished. That's how I've been able to grow in my work with my walk with God is because I was planted in a local church. But if we stay in our packet, if we stay in our comfort zones, the world will not experience the salt. We won't be the salt of the earth. We'll be the salt of the church. The church doesn't need any more salt. It's the earth that needs our salt. And so what we need to do is get comfortable with being uncomfortable and breaking open the packets around our life and being being bold and going out and being the seasoning, being the preservative in our world. But you know, it's when we have to preserve something that's of God in a world that doesn't get God, that doesn't really desire after the good things that God gives us, that's when it gets messy, right? I don't know about you, but I've been in situations where I've tried to share my faith and and I remember one of the first times I tried to share my faith and it's probably why there has been a bit of fear in it for me is because one of the first times... Um, I shared with people, I was completely shut down and it wasn't just a one-on-one, it was a group of people and I felt rejected. I felt like, oh God, I really didn't do a good job because if I did a good job, people were supposed to give their hearts to you right then and there and then we'd go find a pool and be baptised and all that kind of stuff. And I did a really bad job. But the thing is, is that if we stay within this packet... We stay ineffective. And so we have to be okay with getting messy. We have to be okay with reaching people who need the grace of God. We need to be okay with reaching people who need His forgiveness. And if we need forgiveness, if we need mercy, if we need grace, if we need second chances, it means that we've stuffed up. It means that we're going to meet some people who've really stuffed up their lives. It's going to be really messy. But the cool thing I found as I was really receiving from God through this word myself was he reminded me of that rock in Matthew 7, how if we build our life on the rock, that is Jesus, on his words. You know, the definition for the for rock, for God, the rock in that was this. I want to tell you the exact words because it's awesome. So that description of the rock was speaking of God's nature as massive. So if you can think of the biggest rock, God is even bigger. It means very safe. It means incredible security and virtually impenetrable. So even when we find ourselves in those difficult situations where we stepped out of our comfort zone and it's just been 
plain old uncomfortable. We have a rock that we can stand on. We have a rock that we can go back to. We have a rock that is our refuge and our strength. And I believe that as we go back to the rock and allow him to strengthen us with his strength, we actually have the courage and we have the strength and the boldness to return back out, get out of our salt packets again and go on seasoning and preserving the world. We can actually do that if we return to the rock. So God's got us covered. He's got us completely covered in those situations that go wrong. And I've been in quite a few. There have been quite a few where I'm like, God, I don't want to do this again. But then I've returned to the rock and he's strengthened me. He's healed up my wounds. He's like, come on, soldier, back out there. You can do it. So we've got those scenarios where we're covered. But then we've also got scenarios where people are actually looking for salt. People are actually looking for God. And the thing is, I really think the enemy would love for us to have those awkward uncomfortable experiences to retreat and to never go back again. But this morning, I want to encourage you, if you're in that place, there are people searching for what you have. There are people searching. Really cool, fun fact I found when doing this research was that the shepherds, and I believe that shepherds still do this, but the shepherds at this time would actually guide their flock throughout wherever they were going, their paddock, paddock to places where they could find salt licks it's literally where their animals would go and be able to have a lick of salt (laughs) and what I found out was that salt is a necessity for every warm-blooded creature so it's actually essential for our life as human beings we need a certain amount of salt in our bloodstream (laughs) she was like yeah (laughs) preach on health go on girl so we actually need a certain amount of salt for us to live, for us to actually have life pumping through our veins. And so I was like, God, that's amazing. Because I read on further about, you know, the shepherds, but then what about the wild animals? What about them? What happens to them? The thing is, even the wild animals without shepherds, they would go looking for salt, for places they could find salt because it was so necessary. They had this desire in them that, that they needed salt. They could not not find salt but the cool thing was when they found it they knew they had found it and then they'd go on licking at the salt and and have that have that necessity met so funny I think I had a picture of some lambs with it yeah and they're cute so they would go and find these things and and have their need met and it just dawned on me that God as our creator Oh, I love this. He created us with a need for salt. He created every human being. When he fashioned us together, he put a desire within us for salt, for the things of God that only God could satisfy. And so that makes us necessary. Those of us who have salt in our lives, those of us who have Jesus living on the inside, we are necessary to this earth. Why else would God leave us here when he saves us, right? I don't know, but he could have totally, once I gave my life to him, beamed me up to heaven and we could be parting in and it would be great. But then, no, he leaves each and every one of us here on earth because we need to be the salt of the earth. And I love that. I love that. It's an amazing picture of God, how, how, how he has created us. 
But then what do we do when people come searching? What do we do? You know, maybe you're here this morning, you've been coming to Lyft and you're like, this place, you wouldn't put it in these words, but this place is salty. This place has something different about it. There's a touch of God on this place. You know, what do we actually do with people who are coming into our lives and they're just wanting to hang out. They're just wanting to be, you know, our best buddies. But we're, we're actually waiting to pop the question, aren't we? We're actually waiting to invite them into a relationship with Jesus. And that's exactly what we need to do. That's our next step. When people are thirsting, when they've had that taste of salt, they've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. They wouldn't put it in those words, but that's what they've tasted. There's nothing like drinking a nice cold glass of water when we've had a salty meal, right? In John chapter 4, and if I can get the band up, in John chapter 4, we see this, we read this story about Jesus and the woman at the well. Anyone familiar with that a little bit? And I love how she's just getting hungry as they're talking. She's getting hungry. And Jesus reveals himself as the living water. You know, for us, we're the salt, but we get to connect people with the living water. We get to connect people with water that satisfies. I love Jesus' words. He answers her, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, talking about the water in the well. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. They will never thirst again. You know, this morning, if you have been coming to lift or if you've been curious about this Christianity thing and and you know you haven't connected yourself with the living water yet, you haven't experienced Jesus for yourself personally, then this morning I would love to lead you in a prayer that connects you with the living water. This is what the woman, this is what the people in the town said to the woman, because what happened was that the woman encountered Jesus herself and then she went back into her town. She went back to her home and she told everyone, I've met this man, Jesus. He's told me everything that no one's ever known about myself. And it's all true. It's all true. And so the people come and they hear Jesus for themselves. They witness him. They witness the salt that he carries, the life that he has within him. And they say to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves. And we know that this man really is the saviour of the world. This is our joy, church. This is our privilege that we get to have people coming into our lives, being attracted to the salt within us. And then we get to say, hey, you encounter him for yourself. You encounter him for yourself. It's not good enough that I would stand here this morning and talk about the good things of God without inviting you to encounter him yourself. Thank you for tuning in today. If you would like to find out more about Lyft, check out our website at theliftchurch.com.au.